Hello, welcome to episode 41 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And following on from our last episode uh, with Sylvain Mancuso, uh, this episode is generally about concussion prevention, um, which is the main thing, the main topic of that last conversation uh, I had with Sylvain. Um, it's something that many of us, as people that have, have been through PCS and traumatic brain injury, mild traumatic brain injury, uh, only kind of think about later on. Um, we're too busy trying to deal often with the results of our current concussion, our current problems or current injury, no matter how severe that is. And um, thinking ahead and thinking proactively is really not a Western trait. It's not something that allopathic medicine uh, ever engages in and perhaps that is a problem that you know that the western medicine system that we have is very very opposed uh, to some other um, medicine systems in different places so if you think well you know if you're just reactive and you're purely waiting for a disease or an illness or, or concussion to happen then you, you don't have to you're not going to do anything uh, then what do we do in the West? It's like we wait we wait for this thing to happen, or we, we un- unconsciously wait for it to happen. And then we all of a sudden we have to find a way to react. We have to find a way in ourselves to, to get to grips with it and, and to deal with it. Uh, and then quite often we can, we can kind of fall flat or fall short. Or um, what is more likely is that we'll just try to, to beat the symptoms down until the symptoms kind of appear to go away. And then we'll just, just try and get on with our lives and try and do what we used to do before. And, you know, it, it, it's more and more, it's, it's appearing from what we've seen in the concussion prevention um, strategies, it's, it's more and more that we're doing a lot of the wrong things. Uh, because we've been taught that, we've been shown that, we've been let down by a system that is just failing us left, right and centre. Um, and when they say a system, it's like a cartelist, capitalist drug industry, uh, which is illegal drug pushers, which is everything is based on money, profit, drugs first. Uh, you, know, you know, kind of true healthcare healing and everything else is, is, is that way, 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 way down the scale. And that's not to denigrate the people that work in the health system the wonderful nurses and doctors and people that, that get paid pretty much you know next to nothing to do that they are only they can only deal with the education they've had the training they've had from the pharmaceutical sponsored medical industry and uh, from a system that is just brought them into that they've gone in there with the best intentions and they've been let down as well underfunded if you like, here in Britain, uh, we had like 10 plus years of health cuts, budget cuts, everything uh, kind of like, you know, hospitals downsizing, less and fewer and fewer beds. And then you get a, a, a little kind of uh, manufactured pandemic. And all of a sudden, the government's there telling us all to go out in the streets and clap for these people. Um, and people did that. So, you know, make of that what you will. Um, the the real questions these people that were out there in the street clapping should have been asking was why were we left in this position in the first place? Uh, 
and um, you know, kind of who, who's who's left us here. But that's another story, and probably for another time. So the prevention protocols and things which uh, Sylvan mentioned and which other guests have mentioned uh, in the past. I know I think we've got Ralph E. Cornwall, Dr. Cornwall, uh, is going to be coming on soon. Uh, really, um, something that, that occurred in the mid-2090s uh, out of uh, Buffalo University and the sports protocol they had there which was to, to try to work with athletes and to try to work with professional people to really make a, a, a massive difference uh, in terms of exercise and diet, functional nutrition, uh, and, and many things as well. Uh, allopathic medicines were only a tiny bit on the fringe in, in there, but there were also nutritional values of vitamins and things as well. So rather than just being like, uh, brainwashed science and saying oh, th there is no evidence for this 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 works, this doesn't work, these vitamins and things don't work, there's no evidence and there's no evidence because we haven't bothered to look at them because the people that pay our wages are, are only interested in patented drugs and so we don't look at them because we are told not to look at them and because we are told not to look at them they don't exist <laughs> so it's kind of like a vicious circle for these people I, I say they've got their heads stuck up their own arses, firmly implanted up their own arses. Um, and that kind of leaves a, a, a bit of a brown stain on the white coats that they wear sometimes, you know, with some of these people. And sometimes those are metaphorical white coats. They aren't really ones that are useful. Um, you know, it just shows a stain on their soul and their, their kind of path that they're not prepared uh, yeah, to step outside of this kind of tiny little circle that they've drawn for themselves. In my mind, in other people's minds, science was merely a method of inquiry into the truth of something. And you could do that by having an experiment which you could repeat or something you could repeat. But if there is no will to do that, and there's no will to, to look at certain things, then you're not going to have any evidence or data on those, are you? And so, yeah, your whole kind of argument comes crashing down. And we've seen it so often recently as well, saying, no, no, oh, vitamin C and vitamin D and vitamins and, and, and kind of cystic T and GCMF, they can't protect you against any kind of, you know, terrible virus that's out there. Well, how do you know? They said, there's no evidence. Yeah, well, there's actually lots of anecdotal evidence, there's lots of real evidence, and people have survived, even myself. I've used that stuff and got through it, and, um, and many others have too. So preventative medicine ranges not just through concussive illnesses and, and uh, in the sports arena, as I talked about with Sylvan, but it ranges into everyday life. You know, kind of viral infections, bacterial infections, uh, colds, flus, all coronaviruses, there are all seven or eight of them, and they're all just common. These things exist in our gut anyway. Most of us have had them during our lifetime. And so uh, the problem now is happening as well. The tests that they have uh, are testing for what genetic material that comes from your gut anyway. So it's kind of saying, well, uh, any people that are dying and things that are going on, well, you know, these people may be dying from other causes, 
But because they've got this genetic material in the gut, they're putting the deaths down to coronavirus and writing them off as, yeah, another statistic. And um, thinking about preventing this, you've got to think about prevention. Um, you know, you, you, you can walk around the streets with a mask on, looking like something from, you know, kind of Friday the 13th movie or whatever you want to call it, but um, it's not really going to help. Good hygiene is going to help. Um, there's no such thing as an airborne virus. It's a Hollywood myth. It's a Hollywood kind of thing that you see on the TV and the films and so on. Um, yes, if you sneeze, it will fly through the air. If you cough and spit out saliva, it will fly through the air, but it doesn't become airborne. Yeah, this, this is not a virus with wings. And um, this has kind of been really funny. The last day or two here, we had gale force winds yesterday. And, uh, you know, it was really, really, the wind was really ripping around. And, um, you know, like branches coming off the trees and, and flying everywhere. It was really, you know, really unexpected out of nowhere. And I went out. It was still windy. I went out. And there's, there's still like, you know, kind of like 50% of people wearing masks. I'm like, well, I was wondering, well, are you expecting this to kind of like be like a, a pollen type of thing or, uh, you know, like pollen allergy or something? Um, and I think we've become so entrenched in... Um, a negative type of trying to prevent something, or in fact, a procedure, something that doesn't even work. Wearing a mask will never ever prevent you from getting a cold or a flu or coronavirus. <laughs> it just simply won't. All the experts say so. Uh, but you've got into a negative form of prevention, and so I think the same why I'm saying all this is because it's similar with concussion. You can try to avoid situations where you feel that um, you could have a problem or you could get injured again as well. You can do everything you want if you play sports, you can wear a helmet, you can try to avoid tackles, you can try to avoid any kind of confrontation or whatever. But at some point, you're unexpectedly going to get injured again if, if you're constantly trying to avoid it. I found that. I found that, well, you know, I, I didn't even play sports. I wasn't playing contact sports in order to get a concussion. It just happened through falls and knocks and bashes and stuff. And um, I would really have thought that, um, yeah, I, I could have prevented some of that if I'd have known before. Um, but that could have led me again to kind of being in a place of negative negative protectionism. I didn't know the dangers of concussion before because I'd never experienced it. If somebody had just come and to me and told me, all oh, right, you know, uh, you know, next year you're going to get concussion, you need to walk around with a helmet on or, or like a big helmet on to prevent yourself getting concussed, I'd have said, well, Sorry, you, you, you're crazy. You, you're absolutely mental. I'm not going to do that. But this is what's happened in the world around us. It's like you've been told, well, you know, you need to wear a mask, you need to do this, you need to do that. 
um, you know, kind of look like a complete idiot. Uh, and like just just try not to touch your face or adjust your mask if you've been out in public and see how how well that helps you um but with concussion it's a case of well you know you've you've, you've really got to think for yourself you've really got to think for yourself um there are no answers other than the ones that come through your own experience and by uh finding a way to go uh, and finding a way to, to uh, deal with each concussion one at a time, there, it, it, there are many ways then that you can look, if you're thinking ahead, if you're listening to this and you haven't had a concussion or you've been through very, very mild concussions but haven't suffered any worse, then you want to think about a concussion prevention protocol. Uh, but for most people listening to this, you will have had some type of concussion through sports or other injuries or an accident. And you will then be looking at ways in future to prevent yourself from being concussed. Um, now, like I said to Sylvan, you you can't always just recommend one thing for somebody. Uh, but there are always countermeasures and there are in-between measures if you are injured or mildly concussed or you have an issue or problem. There's always something that you can do. Uh, and again, I, I can't recommend a, a protocol directly to you, but there are things which do work. And so please contact me via the website and via Facebook and Twitter, etc. If, if you are currently experiencing the early days of a concussion, uh, then I can maybe show you where to look, where to research. Um, you know, I, I work differently from people like Sylvan and others that w who work in a professional basis uh, and have qualifications. But or that's not to say on an experiential level, what I've been through and what I know is does not have value. It has value in a different way if it works for you later on as well. Um, and so with the uh, prevention protocol, there are many things that all of us can do uh, in order to protect our brain health and to bring about daily neurogenesis and things which help us really uh, to be uh, more uh, kind of focused and keen in our uh, mental areas and mental senses as well. The things that I've found that work, I've mentioned many times before. Uh, so you, you could have uh, a cephalic, um, you know, you can use that in various ways. So you can use that in the senses, essential oils like rosemary oil, calamus oil, capybara oil, um, and different, different essential oils, uh, either diffused or inhaled. Um, then you've got um, nootropics. Nootropics is a big vast area opening up there's all kinds of stacks and things that are there vitamins and different blends there's just so many around uh, a lot are becoming kind of quite designer and you're going to have to pay you know maybe a little bit more for some of them but if you do your own research into like that magnesium three and eight or uh, and lion's mane and different stuff you're going to see there's a pattern uh, Ashitaba as well. Uh, th there's many things. 5-HTP. There's backup Monieri. A uh, whole load of others. If you, if you do run research into what is out there, 
you will be able to develop your own stack rather than having to pay some company to, you know, kind of some designer kind of version of a pill that you take, which you could probably get for about half the price or less. So the cephalics and things are things which are going to stimulate you rather than having sugar and caffeine and any other kind of different types of opiates or uh, amphetamines and things which you might find. And a lot of people in the States take um, uh, modalophil and, and different stuff. Uh, you know, you're very, very, very much into uh, your allopathic drug company medicines there. I mean, they're advertised on TV there. They kind of literally push down your throat. <laughs> uh, but there are always nice safe natural alternatives there's always things that you can get and you can have which are, aren't so so damaging or so um you know don't have so many side effects as well in terms of prevention as well well one of the main things i think and i've just discussed this with somebody else tonight is uh in terms of prevention is uh, conscious awareness I know a lot of people these days talk about mindfulness, but mindfulness is just one aspect of a meditative consciousness or meditation. Uh, the mindfulness thing, I'm not so sure about. It seems like it's been used as a tool by Western psychiatry these days in order to try to, to change people's attitudes. Um, but I would prefer to see people meditate just in a class, classic, kind of um, open-hearted, open-minded fashion. I think it works so much better rather than trying to learn a technique that somebody else has, has, has kind of uh, doctored to fit your mind state or whatever they, they, they say it is. So, you know, uh, if you just meditate and you find a way to meditate anyway, then you're not going to need to do all these other protocols and things either. Um, in terms of prevention as well, for your diet, well, the diet's all to do with the immune system. Your immune system uh, is a process of what you put into your body, helping you. Um, so if you're indulging too much in different things, too much sugar, too much alcohol, too much, uh, too many drugs, anything, then that's going to have a direct effect on your immune system. So you're going to be more vulnerable to concussion and concussion type problems as well. Um, if you can have a mixed, balanced diet, whether you want to be uh, mixed meat, fish, vegetables, leafy greens. Uh, asparagus, spinach, broccoli, uh, some carbohydrates as well, healthy carbohydrates like brown rice, things like that, and that's good. Um, some people want to be vegetarian. I was vegetarian for about 16 years, served me very well, was very healthy, happy, lived a happy life, then that's good. Uh, pescatarian as well, maybe fish and seafood and vegetables. Um, but the thing is not to tip the balance in terms of uh, prevention and concussions is not to tip the balance too far towards um, yeah sugars and bad carbohydrates and saturated fats and things, junk food, crisps and all, all of that. It's just not, not ever going to help you. 
Um, so we're in an age as well now where different foods are becoming scarce in the supermarket. Things are happening. Heading into the next year or two, uh, we're heading into uh, the Grand Solar Minimum, which is where our sun goes to sleep. Uh, and it kind of like backs off for about 30 years. So uh, the crop growing regions around the world are going to change dramatically. In fact, they're already changing, they have been changing for the last year or so, but you won't see it in the media. They don't want you to see it and they don't want you to focus on that. What it means is you're going to have to change your staple crops and diets and things. So uh, researching food that you can grow yourself and things that you, you can find in your own community is going to be really important. That's an important part of prevention. Uh, if you look at a, a ketogenic diet or ketosis, uh, maybe staying away from beans and the beans type, you know, kind of legumes and things and going more towards leafy greens. And those are things which you can grow in your own garden if you've got room and space as well. So the more you can grow something fresh and have it close to the source, that is good for your brain. Cephalically, it's wonderful. It's really fantastic. Uh, sometimes, yeah, you might live in a city. You might live in a place where, yeah, you've got to rely on food that comes in. So like I do, I look for fresh spinach or like bags of spinach. I look for broccoli, I look for asparagus, I look for all that types of things. Um, they, they, and then I know that, you know, I'm going to get that fibre and that roughage and everything else with all the vitamins and minerals and the phytochemicals that it provides as well. And that's a good way, uh, not only to keep your mind sharp and healthy, uh, rather than eating junk food and sugar all the time, but also to prevent you from... Uh, if you do are unfortunate enough to have a further head injury or concussion, you know, to, to stop it getting worse and worse and to, to help you to heal. Food is so important, one of the most important medicines, and uh, we need to remember that as well. Okay, so that's a, um, roughly about it for tonight, but if you want to have a, a further discussion on prevention, then I'm sure we can have Sylvan back on. And uh, there's other people as well. Uh, I, I won't go saying who, who's going to be on the podcast next and so on because uh, it's a weird time at the moment. Uh, people saying they want to come on the podcast and then they're, they're kind of finding that they're, they're you know, kind of uh, not able to. So uh, we'll just see what happens. Um, so far this week, We've been exceptionally lucky and exceptionally blessed to have Andy Nicholson and Silva Mancuso. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here. And I'm always here. Um, you can get in touch with us on Facebook as post Concussion Awareness Worldwide. On uh, Twitter, uh, handle is at postconcussion or at David74. And on the blog site, that's uh, postconcussion syndrome, postconcussion syndrome awareness UK dot wordpress.com. So I look forward to hearing from you and uh, thank you for listening once again. Good night. This is a very important disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient, intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in well, with the podcast that we're making... You have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, 
as society and the woke community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you, is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that. But you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as A, B, C, X, Y, Z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post-conquistion syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give, give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. Uh, just enjoy the podcast. And uh, this summit is 24 of them now, at least, and, and just, just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time. And please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just, just really, really enjoy what we're doing. And so much love and respect to you all. Thank you. <laughs>